good on C12. How you guys doing? Woo! I apologize that I am between that worship and that slip and slide out there. I promise this won't take very long. We've got a very limited amount of time tonight, so we're going to jump straight, straight in. We've been in a series, you guys have been in a series called Just Do It, where we've been learning, uh, we're moving toward this idea of, of just going after whatever God has for us, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So tonight, we're going to look at James 1.22, and it says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. What was that last part? Do what it says. Do what it says. That's it. Just do it. It's the name of the series. So what is James saying here? He's saying that faith isn't about what you hear. It's about what you do with what you hear. Faith isn't about what you hear. It's about what you do with what you hear. And I know that I jumped right into this, and we're already like, he's already read scripture, and, and he's not making me laugh with an awesome intro that he dreamed up, but that's okay, because we only have 15 minutes, so we're going to go very, very quickly tonight, and I, wanna, I want you to think, just, I, I want to give you a second to think, what are we doing with what God is telling us? What are you doing with what God is telling you. I think we all need to ask ourselves a question. Do I want to be on the field or do I want to be a spectator? I was talking to Matt last night and he was like, Coy, this is what I want you to talk about. Christianity is not a spectator sport. Christianity is not a spectator sport. It's about action. And that's what James is talking about here. He's talking about just do it. Go do it. With whatever you hear from God, you need to go do it. So Where's Kelly Calhoun? Where, can you come up here and help me out just for a second? Y'all give it up for Kelly one more time. Isn't she awesome? <laughs> Kelly, Kelly, I have a question. I have a, how, long, how long have we known each other? Just a couple years? Yeah. A couple years. Would you say that we're friends? Not a good day. Okay, come on. Give me a little, <laughs> give me a little more than that. I think we're friends. Oh, good. We know, I know you, right? Yes. We talk every once in a while, right? I, I like see you. I come into contact with you. Kelly, I want you to ask me to follow you. You want to follow me? Yep. Now, now walk back there. Just, just walk to the back of the room real quick. Hey, Kelly. Wait, wait. Do we still know each other? I can still see you, right? You can still hear me. She can still hear me. <laughs> Here's the deal, though. That's hilarious, right? It's funny. It's funny because he didn't follow her. But I knew her. I know who Kelly is. We could talk, and she's moving, but it would be absolutely ridiculous for me to tell you guys that I follow Kelly. She just walked out of the room, and I was still in communication with her. But see, following isn't just knowing Jesus. Following isn't just having a conversation with Jesus from time to time. Following isn't just seeing him face to face. It's like, you have to go. Jesus is going. Jesus is doing stuff all over the world, all in your world. And if we don't pick up our feet and move, we're not doing anything. That's not following Jesus. That's just standing there. So tonight, tonight is about doing, not just hearing. What does it look like to live out our faith? How do we react when God prompts us to do something? Now, we need to get something clear before we keep going. I'm not here to tell you about how you're not doing enough. 
I realize I don't do enough either, probably. We're not perfect, and we're not going to be perfect. But if we do listen, do listen to God and we choose to act on what we hear, we realize that he's inviting us into a life that we wouldn't have otherwise. James isn't indicting us. I need you to hear that. James is not indicting us with this verse. He is inviting us into a better life that God has, a life of abundance, I want to read you a, a quick story from a book called The Circle Maker. Some of you may have read it. It's awesome. Um, it's, it's the story of the woolly socks, and a guy named Mark Batterson wrote it, and this is what he writes. Last year I spoke at Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama for my friend Chris Hodges. While I was there, I toured their Dream Center in downtown Birmingham because we are on the verge of launching a Dream Center in Washington, D.C., they have an amazing outreach to pimps and prostitutes. They mentor kids. They feed the hungry. You name the need, and they are meeting it. One of the women working there is a former, is a former journalist named Lisa. She had a good job with a good salary, but she quit because she knew God wanted her to work at the Dream Center. Lisa is one of those people who exudes joy, who exudes life, exudes energy. During our tour... Lisa talked about their daily dependence upon God to meet the overwhelming needs in the community. It takes hard work and hard prayer. Then she told me about one of the miracles that she had experienced. One day, she was circling the Dream Center in prayer. She felt the Holy Spirit prompting her to take her woolly socks with her to work. She thought she was losing her mind. It was one of the strangest promptings she'd ever had, but she couldn't shake the impression. So she grabbed her woolly socks, put them in her purse, and headed downtown. When she got there, a prostitute was literally passed out on the doorstep. Lisa opened the door, carried her inside, and just held her on the floor until she regained consciousness a few minutes later. If you could have anything, Lisa asked her, if you could have anything, what would it be? Without hesitation, the woman immediately said, woolly socks. Lisa about lost it. As she told me the story, she started tearing up. Then I started tearing up. Lisa then told her, look at what I have. She pulled out the woolly socks, and the woman said, they even match my outfit. <laughs> so just do it. We keep saying just do it, but, but what do we do? Well, that comes from God. The what comes from God. Now, obviously, God gives us a ton of stuff to do. He gives us tons of direction in his word, in the scriptures. And I would say that the majority of God's direction comes from the Bible. But last week, you guys talked about prayer, right? And so tonight, I want to dive in to what it's like to, to do what God tells you in prayer. Now, we get to communicate with the God of the universe, which is kind of a big deal if you think about it. Like the God who created every single person in this room, I get to talk to 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. That's, that's freaking nuts. Think about the most important person you know, the President of the United States. How about that? Now, do you get to talk to him all the time? Absolutely not. That would be ridiculous. But you get to talk to the creator of the universe all the time, which is nuts. Now, that's only half of prayer at most. Prayer, true communication, if you think about communication, it's a two-way thing. I don't just talk 
and talk and talk and talk to my friend. Well, if I do, they leave. But that's not a relationship. A relationship is, is me communicating and then me listening to what they have to say. And that's what we do with God as well. See, God is great. God is great not just because of how big he is. We, we think about communicating with a creator, and we're like, whoa, I get to communicate with someone, something so big. But God is also great because of how small he can be. The Bible tells us that when a sparrow falls, God knows about it, and he, he, and he cares about it. God cares about woolly socks. God cares about the most intimate things going on in our lives. And in that way, the creator of the universe, with that level of care, is just, it just blows my mind. In, in Mark 4.23, it says, If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Jesus is saying that if we listen, God speaks. And we can't miss this part of prayer. Of course we get to talk to God, but we have to be listening to God. We have to listen to hear the soft voice of the Holy Spirit calling to us, prompting us to follow. God is calling us to follow in so many ways, and if we, if we don't slow down to listen, we don't, if we don't give him space to speak, we miss it. Hear this. Don't miss the miracle because you aren't listening. I don't know how many miracles I've missed because of the busyness in my life because I was not listening. Now, I realize that hearing God isn't the only reason we don't follow his promptings. Many of us might feel a God prompt and shrug it off. Or maybe, maybe you're like me. Maybe you feel something and you're like, maybe I should go talk to that person. And then you shrug it off. You're like, that's not God. That's just me. That's not God. That's just me. You just, you just kind of let it roll off of your back, right? Maybe it just seems too weird. I'll give you that. God has prompted me, and he's probably prompted some of you, and you're just like, that is ridiculous. Kind of like the woolly sock story. Why would I take those? That doesn't make any sense. God, that's so weird. We're not going to bring our woolly socks to work, but stop just for a second. If you feel God prompting you to do something, Go do it. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, of love, and of sound mind. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound mind. Whatever fear we have about following a God prompt is not from God. It is from the enemy. See, what allows us not to be afraid? See, we get bogged down in fear. I get bogged down in what other people are going to think, but what allows us to not be afraid? That's faith. See, faith is the opposite of fear. Faith is the opposite of fear. And James is talking about living out our faith. So the enemy throws fear at us to knock us off track, right? To make sure that it doesn't happen. But our faith is bigger than our fear. Jesus is bigger than our fear. We don't have to be slaves to fear. Do I have time for one more story? Okay. Anyway, so, and this is kind of not in the notes. Don't care. Um, no rules. That's not here. Um, I, was, I was talking to my soon-to-be mother-in-law earlier today about this. She was like, oh, what are you talking about? Oh, that's so cool. And then she told me this story. When she was in her 
I don't know, probably 31, 32 years old. Her, her kids were little. Uh, there was another couple in their church, and the guy's name was Brian. The husband's name in that other couple was Brian. And Brian had severe uh, intestinal cancer, and, and he was not doing well. He was in hospice. They were expecting the worst. And so Brian's in hospice, and, and my mother-in-law, Melanie, uh, she was pretty torn up about it. And she told me she didn't really know Brian that well. Like, they would see each other at church, and she'd be like, hey. And that was about it. Well, Brian's in hospice. Melanie's at home with Ashley and her, her son, Luke. And all of a sudden, she feels this prompt from God. And she's like, and he, he tells her, Melanie, I want you to go to Brian's hospice room and pray over him. And she's like, well, that's interesting because I don't really know Brian at all. And I don't know his wife and I don't know his family. And that's weird. And, but God just laid it on her heart. He was like, no, I, this is what I want you to do. So she calls Brian's wife and she's like, hey, um, this is going to sound a little crazy, but can I, can I come pray for you guys? Can I come to the hospice and pray for you guys. And she said, sure you can, um, but can you get here soon? Uh, there's, a, there's a group coming at, at two o'clock and, and they're gonna, it's a prayer ministry. They're coming at two o'clock. So if you could just get there before then, that would be awesome. So Melanie's like, all right. And Melanie hurries and she hurries and she, she just leaves Ashley and Luke at her house and they're little kids and it's probably dangerous. And, uh, <laughs> but it's God's prompt. So you follow it, right? Just do it. And, uh, and so she goes, she goes to hospice, and, and she said she walked into the room, and everybody just looked at her. And she was like, it was so awkward. And, and she literally left the room and goes outside, and she sees these like little necklaces for sale. And, and they say, be bold and courageous. So she's like, all right. Then she buys two of them, goes back in the room, puts one on Brian, he's laying in the bed, one on his wife, and then she picks up her Bible and she starts praying. And she said, she looked at me, she said, Coy, she's tearing up, she said, Coy, it was like nothing I have ever done before. I was, there were just scriptures coming out of me and I was crying and they were crying and Brian can't even sit up, but he's raising his hands in his bed and it was just the most incredible moment. And then, and then she stopped, and, uh, and she looked at me again, and she said, Coy, uh, two days later, Brian passed away. And she said it. It just left me feeling like, why did you even make me go do that? What, what was the point? And, and she was at the funeral, and she saw Brian's wife, and, and she's crying. And, and she looked at her, and she said, I'm so sorry. I wish... There was something that I could have done. And Brian's wife looked at her and said, you made all of the difference. Because the prayer ministry that was supposed to show up at 2 o'clock never came. And you were it for our family. And Brian is laying in that grave right now with a bold and courageous necklace around his neck because he died experiencing Jesus because of you. And, and it just got me thinking, like, we talk about God prompts, and, and it's natural for us to want to know the answer, right? It's like, 
I need to know the reason why you want me to go there and why you want me to do that. And the truth is, we just don't get that reason. All we get is a prompt. But my prayer for you guys is that today you stop Stop seeing God's promptings as an obligation. God's prompts are an opportunity. They're not an obligation. They are an opportunity to step into the work of his kingdom here on earth. And if we're not listening and if we're not bold enough to follow them, then we miss it. God is opening the door for his disciples to carry his kingdom into the world. And if we have a faith where we just listen and we sit back and we're passive, if we have a passive faith, then we miss the abundant life of carrying the kingdom that God has for us. And so it's just a few thoughts about, about just doing it, just It starts with listening. It starts with making listening a part of your prayer life, a part of your daily walk. Wherever you are, just try to take the time, whether you're at school, work, I pray in the in-betweens. God speaks to me a lot there. I call the in-betweens like transitions, like I'm driving from one place to another. God speaks to me there. It starts with listening, and then, oh my goodness, when you hear it, just go. Just do it. Just step out. John Ortberg wrote a book, and and it's called, If You Want to Walk on Water, Step Out of the Boat. Just step out. That's what God is calling you to. And if you do that, you get to take part in bringing his kingdom to the world, and there is nothing like it, absolutely nothing like the abundant life that he has for you. So let me pray for you guys. God, God, please don't don't let us have a passive faith. God, don't let us sit on the sidelines. Father, I pray that, that everybody in this room would embrace the idea that they are a carrier of your kingdom. God, we get to take part in what you're doing here on earth, and I pray that we never take that for granted. Father, I pray that we would stop to listen to your prompts. God, stop to listen to what you have for us. And when we hear you, Father, I pray for boldness, that we would be bold enough to follow you, God. Oh, God, please don't, don't let us sit back and just watch you work. God, let us be a part of it. Use us. Work through us. Father, it's in your name that we pray. Amen.